The Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you on this Tuesday edition. Time to talk with Adam Teicher. He's presented by Twin Peaks. Step up your lunch game at Twin Peaks. Enjoy light yet hearty combos put together for you. Available at an awesome price. Enjoy your next lunch break with Twin Peaks. Adam Teicher, our guest here in the zone. Adam, what's up, man? How are you, sir? Hey, Jason. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing just fine today. Um, how's Vegas treating you so far in the uh, little amount of time you've been there? So far, so good. I mean, it's, it's rained a lot here the last couple of days. So uh, it's, uh, it's not the Vegas that you would, would know. With the sunshine and the, the milder winter temperatures, I mean, it's uh, been kind of cool and rainy. So uh, seeing a, a part of Vegas that I've really hmm. never seen before. Interesting. How much have you won already? I'm assuming you're up. Uh, I have won. Actually, I have won exactly zero dollars. Nice. I have not. Uh, <laughs> I haven't played yet. Uh, I don't know if that I will or not. I'm not a big. Uh, yeah. I'm not a big uh, casino guy, so we'll see. Maybe uh, as the week goes on, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll uh, a bit. put some money on Michigan State to win the national championship and go. blow that money for sure. But uh, other than yeah. that, uh, I have not planned, played, and I don't know if I will or not. Yeah. No, the casinos are always looking for a donation. So the Michigan State national championship uh, bet, that's perfectly fine. Um, you there know, you just, go. They, they walk around with the collection plate, and they appreciate those that are willing to give. Give what you can, okay? It was, uh, Vegas was built on people like me, right? <laughs> just uh, with the hope and the dream of, you know what, maybe Michigan State wins. And if they do, I get some cash, uh, along with the um, the great celebration of watching Michigan State do that. Adam Teicher from ESPN is our guest. Um, you know, uh, opening night happened last night, and, uh, boy, there's a ton that we can take away from that. My main takeaway from last night is, you know, we, we've discussed this as the years have passed. But going back and thinking in 2019 down in Miami, Adam, when, you know, at opening night uh, and there at the baseball stadium, and as teams walked yeah. out and there were fans that were cheering and everything, maybe it being in Florida as opposed to being in Vegas and closer to San Francisco and 49ers fans, et cetera, um, I don't remember the Chiefs walking out to loud chorus of boos. And <laughs> last night they were showered with boos when they walked out, when they were on stage, when they were talking, when they were introduced. And I bring that up because they've really become villains in the NFL, maybe this year um, as, as, as a quicker uh, turn where it seems like it was a slow burn. Um, that, to me, came through last night and sort of evident, maybe because there was more 49ers fans, but I don't remember there being boos on opening night for the other team like last night. There was a disdain for the Chiefs well, on the, on the yeah, field. Yeah, but re- remember where we are. We're in Vegas, yeah. the um, home of the one of the Chiefs' rivals. Yeah, and true. to me, that's – yeah, I, I think there are more 49er fans, um, at least there were last night for sure, but I um, – I think a lot of that had to do with the Raider fans. They're just not going to give the Chiefs um, and their fans any kind of, uh, or the Chiefs any kind of uh, warm reception or anything like that. I guarantee it. It rubs a lot of people here the wrong way that the first Super Bowl in Las Vegas history <laughs> is being played by the Chiefs at the Raider Stadium and the first 
um, that the, where the Chiefs are practicing is, is this week is at the Raiders practice facility. That's not sitting well with a lot of the locals. So uh, I think that was a little bit of the frustration right there. It's interesting, yeah. Uh, I, I was just thinking, you know, 49ers fans and everything. And and, and also because the Chiefs were asked, um, you know, a number of times last night, different Chiefs players about, hey, you know, you guys have taken the role of the uh, the villains and, you know, the doubted and, you know, um, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes was like, yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine going on the road. I love, uh, you know, hearing the other teams, you know, uh, uh, be quiet. And Travis Kelsey, when he was on the uh, stage, when uh, he was getting booed, and maybe it was Raiders fans, but 49ers fans as well, uh, and he stopped what he was saying and looked around when he was next to George Kittle and was like, yes, I'm ready to go right now. I want the boos more than the cheers. Um, the Chiefs have seemed to embrace this uh, this new role, going from the new, cool, loved team in 2019 to slowly being so dominant. Uh, fans are tired of them, and they want to see somebody else win. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it is. Uh, I think there's a little bit of Chiefs fatigue, uh, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, and I think in, in terms of going on the road, I think that was kind of a freeing thing for the Chiefs yeah. in the playoffs this year. I think they really enjoyed that part of it. And um, um, really uh, benefited from that. So we'll see if it helps them on Sunday. But certainly uh, so far, I do think um, going on the road has helped them. Adam Teicher from ESPN is our guest. Um, one of the things that uh, going into last night, I didn't know how many questions Patrick Mahomes would get about his dad. Um, yeah. I don't think he got many. Uh, I thought he would get a decent amount. Um, he answered it and answered it the way that I expected uh, Patrick Mahomes to answer it, that it's a family matter. Keep it at that. Um, do you think this is – I mean, it's completely different from Britt Reed and what happened before that Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl. Um, it would be tough to say uh, that it wouldn't be a distraction for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's his father, but it certainly didn't seem like it last night. He looked like he was in his element just enjoying the moment and being there at the Super Bowl. It didn't look like there was anything on his mind outside of uh, you know being at the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I was with him actually his whole time. So I, I, I think it was just the one question. If he was asked more than once, I just heard it the one time. Yeah, okay. um, so I, I, I do think it was just the once. But um, at any rate, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I agree with you. I, I felt like he was kind of um, um, ready to go and ready to do his thing. And, you know, this is such a different issue than the Britt Reed thing, for sure. I mean, th- this has a little bit of time. I mean, this wasn't the, what, Thursday or Friday night before the game. Um, so um, th- th- there's a little bit of time here. So he- he's had some time to, to process this now. But, uh, yeah, he-, he did seem like he was ready to go and ready to play a game, and it probably wasn't going to affect him one way or the other. Adam Teicher is our guest. Kadarius Tony was there. I didn't know if he would be there in attendance or not, or if the Chiefs would yeah. just take the uh, – the fine, um, his uh, his answer was uh, that got cut up and it made it look worse. He wasn't talking about the Chiefs. He was talking about Giants fans. Shouldn't have done it. Live, learn, grow from it. Uh, there are men in the building. They've talked about it. Uh, what do you make of uh, Kadarius Tony being there? <laughs> Asked multiple times by multiple people about you know what the Instagram post was, uh, and that was the answer he presented. Yeah, well, it's um, I, I don't. Um... Yeah, I, I guess that could be, you know, all this has been taken out of context, and that's what he was talking about. Although what we saw, he certainly didn't make that clear on the on the Instagram post. And the other thing is, he did say he wasn't hurt. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, that that part, I don't know who that was aimed at. It doesn't really matter right. because he said that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm um, I'm a little bit skeptical here, but um, – um, it is possible that that thing was taken out of context. One other um, um, uh, homework sort of uh, deal, uh, housekeeping, I should say, uh, before we get into some of the bigger uh, things around this Chiefs team. Jerick McKinnon, the practice window was open for him. Um, if we look at Andy Reid's time, the practice window was open. They practice for a week, then they play the next week. There is no next week. Is this a practice window was open in case maybe he's available, that um, it does no good to keep the practice window closed, that even if he might be uh, a long shot, well, let's see if he can actually come through? Uh, or is there a, a legitimate, uh, legitimate chance in your mind that Jarek McKinnon might be out there on Sunday? Yeah, I, I, that's something I want to ask Andy Reid about today. I haven't had the chance yeah. yet until now. But, yeah, it, it's um, it, it's interesting, this move, Uh um, could be just more of a fallback. Hey, if something happens with Pacheco this week or something happens with one of their other running backs, you know, let's get McKinnon ready to play just in case. Uh, I can't imagine that the Chiefs would rush him back out after all the time that he's missed, but uh, we'll see. Um, you know, that that's a, a situation to keep your eye on. But my sense is right now this is more um, a backup plan, you know, plan B in case one of their other backs can't go. Visiting with Adam Teicher, I said that was the last one. One more housekeeping thing. Uh, Brant Tillis is uh, leaving the Chiefs organization, heading to the Carolina Panthers. Um, And I guess to me it's been surprising. Adam, I'll ask you how surprising it's been that it doesn't feel like this Chiefs organization gets rated the way that other successful organizations seem to get rated with their front office. Like the Patriots, you know, constantly assistant coaches, coordinators, front office staff were being hired by other teams. You know, Ryan Poles heads to Chicago and Kafka and, and Eric Bieniemy and things like that. Um, but the the bigger named players, it doesn't feel like uh, outside of those two um, that there has been that. Brant Tillis says to Carolina, has it been a surprise maybe that the Chiefs have been able to, for the most part, keep a number of people intact and then have succession plans because it hasn't been one off season where four or five guys are just now gone? Yeah, yeah, and it may have been rated a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, Chris Ballard, don't forget about him. A few, yeah. It's been a few years now that he's been with Indianapolis, but it's, he's gone as well. So they've had a few guys who have left. Um, uh, in, in terms of their front office, um, you know, hey, the, you know, they've got a number of good people there, and, yeah. and you're right. The Chiefs have sort of tried to prepare for losing these people as uh, as they've moved along. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, I, I do feel like um, there'll be more, maybe not this year, but there'll mm-hmm. be more um, guys departing from the Chiefs front office. In terms of coaches, it's hard to get a coach off a team that plays until middle of February every year, right? Point, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you got to wait and you got to wait and you got to wait. And uh, um, so I, I think that's part of the dynamic with the Chiefs coaching staff is that, um you know, it, it it just takes a long time to get to these guys to be able to hire them. And I think the other issue there is that guys like coaching for Andy Reid. Uh, he, he's I've heard it from more than one of his coaches over the years that he is uh, um, a really uh, a fun and, and uh, a per- just a good person to work for. It's a good working environment. So. Uh, um, a lot of guys don't want to leave in that regard. They'd rather uh, stay with Andy Reid. Yeah, you know what? It's great strategy. Play as long as you can to keep coaches from leaving. Uh, why don't more teams do that? <laughs> it feels, feels like it's just smart, you know? 
there you go, man. It, it's one way to keep your coaching staff intact, no doubt. This seems to be a real smart way of going about it. I mean, would, would, it, would Eric Bieniemy be a head coach if the Chiefs had lost wow. in the you know in the early rounds of the playoffs well, back a few years ago? You know, it's interesting. Yeah, now he's uh, now he's uh, available. Now he's unemployed, and we'll see. Yeah. You know, if he gets a job yeah. uh, somewhere or sits out a year, I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. Adam Teicher is uh, presented by Twin Peaks when we talk with him. Um, Andy Reid got asked about retirement last night, and you've got uh, the piece there at ESPN about uh, Andy Reid and uh, coaching, quote, for the foreseeable future and talking with a number of people around him. What did you, what, what did you glean? What did you take away in, in putting that story together um, with so many different, um, whether it be uh, guesses or throw a dart or I'm hearing this, I'm not reporting this, but I'm hearing there's sort of at least on the radar of Andy Reid might be retiring or thinking about hanging it up. What did you take away and glean from putting that together um, at, at ESPN, which people can go check out the drop this morning, I believe at 6 o'clock this morning? Yeah, well, the common theme when you talk to people about him and, and, and possible retirement is, what's he going to do? You know, what, 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 do you, what would he spend yeah. his time on? Because he he's really doesn't have a whole lot other than football. You know, he, he, um, uh, when he goes on vacation, he works. I mean, he, he looks at plays and he draws things up, and that's what he likes to do. That great quote from from training camp last year, you know, when some people go on vacation, they read novels. When I go on vacation, I, re- I draw, I watch plays. I mean, that's what he <laughs> likes to do. And, and he's not a golfer or a hunter or a fisher or anything like that. He, he just likes uh, football and, and, and eating. So, um, you know, I, here's another story I can tell you that I, I did write about in the, in the story. When, when he left the Eagles, when he was fired by the Eagles 11 years ago now, there were a lot of people in his life telling him, listen, you need to take it. It's best for you if you take a year off, recharge, um, and get back into coaching next year if you want. And, and he said, no, I'm not worried about myself when I'm coaching football. I'm worried about myself when I'm not coaching football. Now, that was 11 years ago, so maybe things have changed a little bit for him. But not that I can pick up. So I, I think there's uh, some concern on his part as well that, um, you know, he, what, what's going to happen to him outside of football? He, he's worried about that. So, uh, you know, a lot of things, that doesn't mean he can't walk away five minutes after the Chiefs win, uh, play this game on Sunday. Uh, you know, he certainly could. But um, um, I, I think it would surprise a lot of people who are close to him if he did. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I think it was Brett Veach in the piece that said, um, you know, he's he's kind of got things the way that he wants them now, right? He's got his quarterback, he's got his offense, he's got people around him, he's got somebody in the GM office that he trusts. I mean, that relationship obviously has worked really well. Um, if there was a time to walk away, this wouldn't seem like the one to do it. This would seem like the, hey, I finally got here. Let me enjoy it as long as I can. Yes, and, and when you when Andy Reid or anybody dreams of being a head football coach, this is the situation you dream of, right? What, what, what more could you realistically want in terms of the situation um, um, to, to win games and be competitive and all that? So for him to walk away from this, he's walking away from a chance to win a fistful of rings. He really is. I mean, uh, you know, if he sticks around in a few years, how many Super Bowl championships is Andy Reid going to have? Mm-hmm. I mean, he can certainly give Belichick a run for his money and, and maybe even pass him if he sticks around for a few years. So, 
Um, yeah, it's it's one of those deals where it just doesn't add up right now. Um, not to say again that it wouldn't happen, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense for it to happen. Uh, you know, this year. Adam Zeischer from ESPN. He is our guest. You mentioned how rainy it is. Um, I've heard from a lot of people walking around Vegas uh, as how soggy the grass is. Oh, wait, that was the 49ers. Sorry. Uh, they were complaining about the soggy grass. Practice fields, that was certainly a conversation yesterday and on into the night as well with the 49ers, you know, talking. Um, what do you make of this in the uh, the practice fields and whatever's going on at UNLV? And uh, were the Chiefs asked to accommodate the 49ers and move their schedule around? And they said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. That was at least part of the conversation that was out there that the league may have talked with the Chiefs. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said last night, yeah, the field's fine. It's getting better. We'll be good. They'll be out there on uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, well, the, the way this works is um, the, the, the team that's designated as a home team gets their choice of practice facilities. And um, the, the Chiefs just this year, the AFC happened to be the home team. Uh, you know, last year the Eagles got their choice of the uh, practice facilities. The, um, uh, back in 2020, four years ago, the Chiefs were the home team. They got to do all this stuff. So that, that's kind of the, the the breaks that the Chiefs got in this mm-hmm. case. And uh, um, they, you know, they get the Raiders facility, which is obviously an NFL quality facility, and and. Uh, 49ers get the you know the, the second choice and uh, evidently it's not very good and uh, you know the Chiefs are under no obligation to move their schedule around so that it can accommodate the 49ers. I suppose the you know the the 49ers would be welcome to use that facility if you know when the Chiefs aren't using it, but mm-hmm. I, the Chiefs are certainly under no obligation to yeah. to accommodate the 49ers here. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you and. Uh, just an interesting sort of feel around the two teams this week that the Chiefs kind of felt like last night it was about the game, business there for that. And uh, I don't know if it's just a feel that I was looking for or if it actually came across uh, across organically. I'm not sure. But the the holding stuff last week from Bosa and, and um, Jed York and then the practice field stuff, I don't know. It just seems like there's some things that are being focused on outside of playing the game. And we'll see. You know, what happens with that? Adam Teicher is our guest. Um, Travis Kelsey talked about it uh, last night of winning back-to-back Super Bowls. How much does the dynasty conversation maybe motivate this team to go out and get another one outside of just, hey, you want to win as many Super Bowls as possible? But yeah. for this group of players in this era to be remembered all time, uh, how much do you think that's a motivating factor for these guys and the coaching staff, et cetera? Yeah, no, Pat Mahomes talked about it too, and I think it is. Um, you know, what, what he said, his words were, we can put our stamp on NFL history. That's what Mahomes said by winning this game. Um, you know, back-to-back Super Bowl chance, as we know, doesn't happen very often. It happens some in the early years of the NFL because uh, – or the early years of the Super Bowl because of uh, there was no free agency or anything like that. But you know, it was easier to keep teams together. Now it's harder to do, and so this – this does set the Chiefs apart. Even if they accomplish nothing else from from that point forward, this sets the Chiefs apart. And you know, Mahomes was talking about his his own personal legacy and getting to you know, Brady's seven championships. And he said it seems like it's far away right now. But hey, let's uh, you know, let's see what this looks like in 15 years when I'm done playing. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll count them up then, and, and maybe there'll be a few more. So uh, you know, it's you know they're thinking about it, and no doubt about it. Visiting with Adam Teicher from ESPN. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and we'll get Adam's thoughts on the actual game, the matchups, keys, things like that, uh, and a prediction from Adam Teicher as the Chiefs get ready for Super Bowl 58 there in Las Vegas. More zone right after this. 
We continue right here on Sports Radio 8 MWHD. We'll talk with Myron Metcalf coming up at ES, uh, from ESPN coming up at noon. We'll hear from Andy Reid, Clark Hunt. We'll talk with him as well before the show is over here on this Tuesday. Talking with Adam Teicher from Twin Peaks. Adam, let's talk about the game matchups. Is there anything particular as we uh, sort of look ahead to the game that, that you'll be watching for and, and keying on for uh, this matchup to give you an indication one way or another as to how the game may go? Yeah, I, you know, the, a number of things. Um, you know, I, I'm looking for the Chiefs to play a clean game. I, I think they're in a really good place right now, and if they can do the things they've done offensively that they have in the playoffs in terms of protecting the ball, um, not committing a lot of penalties, uh, catching the passes, I think they're in a pretty good place here. I, I do like the matchups when they uh, have the ball uh, this time around. I think getting a lead would be a big uh thing for them, the 49ers, the, the, the playoff games accepted, have not been a good team coming from behind. So, uh, you know, playing the game on their terms uh, certainly would help the Chiefs. Uh, I, I like um, Isaiah Pacheco maybe to have a big game against a team that's given up some rushing yards recently. So, um, you know, I, I think particularly when the Chiefs have the ball, I, I think there's a lot of really good matchups there that uh, if they don't um, have these self-inflicted wounds that we saw for a lot of the year. I think they're going to have a pretty good day. Yeah, the the offense, I think, you know, against the 49ers defense, maybe there's uh, just reputationally that the 49ers defense is viewed as this this juggernaut. I mean, it's not as good as the Ravens defense. Um, You know, the Ravens defense is, you know, might be the best in the NFL. And the 49ers have some players, but their front seven isn't as good as the front seven that, you know, they played against in, in Miami. And obviously the Chiefs offense is a little bit better uh, that year than what it is this year. But um, one of the things that you mentioned running the football that, you know, the Chiefs have had their struggles in yards per attempt against the run. And the 49ers have as well. And and I think if, if the Chiefs can get Isaiah Pacheco going, the 49ers have some weaknesses in their secondary and, and the, that the Chiefs can exploit. And I think Patrick Mahomes is just playing phenomenal football right now, uh, yeah. mistake-free football, and just simply uh, locked in as to where the ball needs to go and when the ball needs to go there, that if they can get something rolling with Pacheco, um, I do think there's potential for it to be a long night for the 49ers defense. Yeah, I'm tempted to pick the Chiefs going, you know, scoring over 30. I'm not going there but because they haven't really been there for a mm-hmm. while, but I, I, I think there's the potential for that, that the Chiefs yeah. could have a big – offensive night you know get into the 30s or or whatever but um yeah i i I do think that there's a chance of that no doubt how much do you think they can if at all use uh anything from last year's game when they were able to throw the football a lot i mean mccall hardman scored three touchdowns and they had three different players almost catch 100 yards worth of of passes and juju and mbs and kelsey was two yards away is there much to use from that game i mean it's a uh, over a year away as opposed to when we're saying, you know, the Dolphins and Bills game, how much do you use from earlier this year? Is there much to take away from last year? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, you know, two different teams, even though there there are a lot of similarities with players, but I don't think you can look at that and say, wow, the, the, you know, the Chiefs going to do that again. But I, I do think it does. Maybe there there's some things maybe they saw on film. So, uh mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do think that um, the, the matchups are good, but not necessarily because of what happened last year. Yeah. Um, uh, when, when the 49ers have the ball, they've got some weapons. We know that with uh, Christian yep. McCaffrey and Kittle and Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And they've got a capable quarterback who's athletic and can do some things with his legs when he needs to, like he did against the Lions last week. And 
you know, can put the ball where it needs to go. Um, they have been susceptible to the blitz, the 49ers have been, and Steve Spagnola loves to do that. Uh, what do you think of when the 49ers have the ball as to the, um, the matchups that you may be looking at from the Chiefs' defense perspective? Yeah, particularly if the Chiefs can get ahead. I, I think yeah. uh, there are some things to like there as well. You know, they can unleash that pass rush. And, you know, I'm wondering about the loss of Will Menahue and what kind of impact yeah. that might have. You know, certainly the Chiefs are getting kind of thin on their defensive line. Can they uh, produce a 60-minute game where they're, you know, consistently productive? Uh, if they can, I, I think things look pretty good there for the Chiefs, too. Um uh, you know, Spagnolo he's done, he's got so much he can go to, you know, there, there's so many different things we can do, he can do, and, and we don't know what that's going to look like necessarily, but uh, a lot of what he's gone to this year has worked out for him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he came up with a great plan for Lamar Jackson last week. He came up with a great plan for Tua earlier in the playoffs, not quite so much for Josh Allen, but uh, you got to believe that he'll come up with something good for Brock Purdy as well. And Josh Allen, I think, you know, you mentioned that. He's the best quarterback they've played in this playoffs. I think Brock Purdy is third. I think he's behind Josh Allen, and he's behind Lamar Jackson. And I think, you know, from the Chiefs' defense, what they're able to accomplish and what they're able to do, I mean, in that second half, they were they got and sort of figured out the offense from uh, the Bills. And, and against Lamar Jackson and the uh, Ravens, whether it was the Ravens stopped running the football or Steve Spagnuolo doing some things that forced Todd Munkin and, and the Ravens to switch up their game plan to a certain degree – uh, the defense has gone out there and performed against, you know, three good quarterbacks, two of them that are two of the best in the league. And I think Brock Purdy's um, – actually, I think there's a gap between Allen, Lamar Jackson, and then Brock Purdy. I don't think he sucks. I don't think he's just a, quote, you know, typical old-school game manager where I'm just going to check down. I think he's got some ability, but uh, I think there's a, a gap between Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and then when they get to Brock Purdy – um, you know, and, and, and Steve Spagnolo and, and what he can do defensively and changing up coverages while trying to pressure the quarterback, uh, that, that's going to be fascinating to see how Brock Purdy handles that. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, what what's Legarius Sneed going to do? Is he on mm. Debo Samuel and, and or is he on Ayuk or, or how, how are they going to use McDuffie? I mean, there's a lot of questions there, a lot of things they can do, and I'm sure he'll mix it up to some extent. But um, you, you got to believe that the Chiefs are going to have some success covering those guys. I mean, this would be the first time all year, right, that they haven't had success covering a a Mm big-time receiver. So, um, yeah, I I feel like, you know, there's just so much there that, um, um, you know, particularly if the Chiefs can play from out in in the lead, Mm -hmm. that um, maybe they can turn this game in their favor in maybe a big way. Is there one of their weapons more than another that uh, would worry you or concern you in this game, whether it be McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, or Debo? Yeah, I, I think it's um, Debo Samuel. Uh, just he's he's kind of a game breaker. I mean, the other guys are great players, uh, but he's the guy who can take one play and and make you pay, and more than any of those other guys. So uh, certainly McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk have had their share of big plays. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think Samuel's the guy on a down to down basis that you have to make sure you're uh, you've got a plan for him. All right, what do you think happens in the game, Adam? Uh, and a score if you've got one in mind for Sunday. Yeah, I I do think the Chiefs are the better team here, and I, I think they're going to win. I think they're in a good place. I think they're ready to – or certainly will be by Sunday ready to go. And uh, um, I, I just love how Andy Reid gets his team ready for a Super Bowl. You know, they, they mm-hmm. spend uh, – 
um, all week in Kansas City the week before, putting in the game plan and, and, and getting it ready to go. And now they're just fine-tuning and taking care of last-minute details. And that's a, been a thing that, um, uh, that the, the Tampa Super Bowl accepting, accepting that one has been good mm-hmm. to him. And there were some things that happened before that game that, that really affected the, the Tampa Super Bowl. So I think the Chiefs are in a good place. I'll take them to win 27-21, but wouldn't surprise me if they won by a bigger margin than that. Yeah, that's uh, that's sort of where I'm at right now. Uh, that's the space I'm living in at this particular time is uh, right around there, but also wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, more than that. I'll, I'll figure out what my uh, final score will be coming up on Friday. It, it may be double digits that I pick them to win. I just The more and more I look at the game, the more and more I feel like the Chiefs are not only the better team, but some of the advantages have a, a chance of this thing maybe getting away from the 49ers, but but we'll see. I was pretty confident going into the Bucks Super Bowl, um, but that was also sort of dismissing the offensive line issues. You know, as like yeah. uh, ah, they'll yeah. be fine, they'll figure it out. It's what the Chiefs do; they overcome. And there's an inevitability of the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and yeah. that was sort of uh, crushed that night. But I don't think that's the case in this one. Adam Teicher from ESPN, presented by Twin Peaks. Adam, enjoy the rest of the time there in Vegas, and uh, we will talk next Tuesday. And uh, hopefully, we are talking about the uh, third Super Bowl in five years and this dynastic run for uh, this. Chiefs team. All right, good stuff, Jason. We'll uh, we'll talk to you then. All right, there's Adam Teicher again, presented by Twin Peaks. Step up your lunch game at Twin Peaks. Enjoy light yet hearty combos put together for you, available at an awesome price. Enjoy your next lunch break with Twin Peaks. I definitely think there's a motivation of dynasty for this Chiefs team. They talked about it last night, stamping their place in history. Uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, that since that Bucks Super Bowl, it's been something that has eluded him, that he's wanted to get back-to-back. Um, you know, a lot of players would want to get back-to-back. But he said about that Ravens game, that this AFC Championship game, he wants to get back to the Super Bowl more than any ever, uh, any other Super Bowl he's ever wanted to go to. And last night, talking about he wants this Super Bowl more than any of the other Super Bowls. And I think that place in history, the guys respect history. They they respect what's happened in the NFL. They study it. They understand it. Andy Reid certainly understands it and to put your place in history of back-to-back Super Bowls and to know how tough that is because again going back to that Bucks Super Bowl uh, I thought it was just a given right I mean the, the Chiefs are just it's simply what they do they win in the postseason and wins the next time they're going to lose a Super Bowl there they won last year and they're going to win against the Bucks this go around offensive line or not look what they did against the Bucks earlier this year it's going to be closer to that. I mean, Andy Reid took his foot off the gas pedal in that game against the Buccaneers in that same stadium. They'll be fine. They were not fine. Maybe some things off the field then, you know, uh, carried over into that. And I certainly think that is um, uh, part of the overall encompassing picture of what that Super Bowl was. But I think living through that and watching it happen, there isn't that sort of invincibility inevitability of the Chiefs And I think there's that understanding and uh, appreciation from the Chiefs players of what this opportunity is. Kelsey's probably not going to get another opportunity like this. It's probably the, I mean, probably, I would, pretty decent chances. Last opportunity for Kelsey to win back-to-back Super Bowls in his career. And he's already had one chance at it. And we'll see if he can uh, go out there and perform and this team can get it done. I think they do. I think they get it done. I'm in agreement with Adam Teicher. I think the Chiefs are the better team this go-around. I think if both teams play the right game, the Chiefs win. They are different now from where they were earlier this year. And, and you know, talking to Matt Verderam yesterday when it was like, how surprising is it to you that 
this Chiefs team is in this spot. And he's like, well, depends on what's, what, what time of the year you ask me. If I go back to the beginning of the season, it's not surprising. I picked them to win. Middle of the season when they were struggling? Yeah, this is shocking that they're in this spot. Watching how they've played the last few weeks? Not surprising. Understanding the totality and the 10,000-foot view of what this organization is and how um, you know successful they've been? And stepping up to the challenge in these big games, again, not surprising. But that stretch of football, incredibly surprising to be able to look ahead and say, nah, this team will be fine come playoffs. They're going to they're gonna flip the switch. Because they had figured it out in December. We had talked about their struggles, but December they were playing phenomenal football. And then they weren't. But now they are. And they're different. And this defense is damn good. And... A little annoyed by the by McCaffrey's. I saw last night. Well, McCaffrey's just going to run it down their throat. Yeah, right. The Dolphins have their running game. They're going to run it down the Chiefs' throat. Mostert's healthy. Bills are going to run it down their throat all game. Yeah, a little success. Ravens are going to run it down their throat until they stopped running it because they weren't running it down their throat. McCaffrey and the 49 just going to run it down their throat. Well, it's so easy. Just press the run it down their throat button. That's the game plan you press. Hopefully the field is firm enough for them. The 40 Winers are really having a go of it right now in their issues with what may take place in the Super Bowl. Setting up the pre-excuses. The Eagles at least used the excuses after the game was over. They, they waited for their bitching until the game was over. They kept that to themselves until the game had finished, then complained about the official um, and the, the holding call and slipping on the field that apparently the Chiefs didn't have to play on that field. They, they at least waited till the game was over. The 49ers are preemptively complaining. They're preemptively setting seeds as to why they're going to lose this game. It's one heck of a tack to take. Interesting strategy. See if it pays off for them, Cotton. More zone next. <laughs> All right, thank you, Adam Teicher. We will talk with Myron Medcap coming up at noon, talk some uh, college basketball with Myron. And then uh, we'll hear from uh, Andy Reid today in the show, Clark Hunt as well here in the uh, show as we head up until 2 o'clock on this uh, Tuesday edition of The Zone. Um, and, yeah, you got to love the, um, uh, the uh, 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 saw gate. Saw gate sucks. Ra- rainy leaks. Fieldy leaks? Yeah, fieldy leaks, soggy leaks. I think Soggate might be it, but I hate saying it and hearing you say it. Eddie Mangan strikes again. We're like soggy Mangan. That's right. Um, Yeah, a lot of complaints. A lot of complaints from the uh, 49ers, 49ers about um, holding. You know, the only thing that Jed York remembers from that Super Bowl is that uh, Nick Bosa was held on third and 15, otherwise known as... Jet see. chip wasp. You got a shirt. That's interesting. Wasp, Do they have yeah. the hold on there? In yeah, well, the... here's where. No, that's what, okay. Let's see, here's where um, uh, Bosa lined up. Yes, yeah, so he would have been there. And then, and then... he did it stuck inside. It seems inside, like this play would have taken a long time. And Fisher rode his ass all the way over there. Huh. Um, and Mahomes took a deep drop and then threw it 
here, but he way. threw it when Tyreek was right there. Uh-huh, and, then, and the ball then goes in the air before Tyreek turns because the guy who was over here on defense mm-hmm. ended up coming over here with this guy, and the safety then turned his hips and went that way. It seems like something that really comes down to Nick Bosa thinking, feeling like he got held. Yep, you that's know? exactly I feel right. like that's all it took. Jed York nailed it. Um, Nick Bosa. And, and now there's a soggy turf. Um, they, By the way, was it the... 49ers preference that they played on natural practice on natural grass it's a great is, question because if it's their preference then it's like well you know that grass should have been laid down in like December well did they know that whoever the NFC team was going to be wanted to specifically practice on natural grass and not on the field turf that UNLV has there because they laid the natural sod over the field turf mm-hmm. And that's why it's grading in the 50s instead of apparently the 70s. But it's getting better every day, according to Kyle Shanahan. So that's good. This is good th- for them. This is something where if somebody were to get injured or if they couldn't practice would be a relevant detail mm-hmm. in this entire story. Um, and it is something that the NFL should care about. It's something yes. the Niners should care about. It's not something the Chiefs should care about. No. Sorry, we're the home team this year. Last year, we were in Scottsdale. Yep. They practiced in Scottsdale last year. It just alternates this way. Somebody kind of put, you know, the the home team away team, home team away team, and where they all practiced everywhere. Yeah. And and I think it was maybe it was uh, Brandon Kylie who tweeted it out. But uh, he he did note one thing that I will uh, nitpick on, where he said in 2020, no practices happened in Tampa because of the COVID year mm-hmm. and everything. But that's actually not true. The other team yeah. practiced in Tampa because yeah. that's where they're from. Yeah. The Bucks practiced there all week. And then they played in their yeah. stadium there. What a weird thing for the NFL. I can't believe the NFL pulled off an entire pandemic to lead up to that moment. So silly. The uh, the 49ers, while complaining about things uh, outside of uh, the actual game, the Chiefs embracing the villain role. Yeah. Uh, last night on opening night, the Chiefs and 49ers met on stage when there was the crossover between the Chiefs coming out there for their opening night uh, press conferences. And so you had Mahomes and Brock Purdy on the stage and Mahomes talking, and then they went over to the running backs and the tight ends and Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Uh, Here's the reception that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey got on opening night and how the Chiefs are handling a little bit of adversity. Here you are again. Four Super Bowls in five years. Can you even believe that? As talented as you and this team is, nah, man, it's a it's a dream come true. I mean, even being one Super Bowl, uh, you're to appreciate it. But uh, I couldn't have never envisioned being in my fourth one, and uh, it's a great experience every time. I know how competitive you are, and I know that you don't like to talk dynasty. You let us in the media. You let the fans do that. Just tell me about this Chiefs group. What makes this group? A potential Super Bowl champion team. Yeah, we've dealt with a ton of adversity this season, dealt with a ton of challenges, um, and we're here. Uh, we're playing a great 49ers team, but we're going to go out there, play our best football, and see what happens. I appreciate it, Niners Nation. We're here. Oh, Niners, Niners fans, he's calling you out. I'll tell you what, man, I uh, I leaned on my teammates more than I ever have, and uh, it's, it's been absolute. <laughs> Y'all are firing me up and making me want to play right now, baby. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I love the booze more than I love the cheers, baby. Keep them coming, Niners gang. Keep them coming. Might be a whoopsie. I don't know. I mean, but 
49ers a little soggy complaining. <laughs> the crowd at opening night booing the Chiefs. Because in Miami, that wasn't the reception. I don't remember that being the case at all. Now there's Raiders fans in attendance, mm-hmm. 49ers fans in attendance, mm-hmm. but the Chiefs are the villain. They've turned into the villain. Chris Jones has accepted it. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes have taken on the role and embracing it. I love the boos more than the cheers. Bring it, Niners Nation. Kelsey is truly embracing it, I yes, think. Yes, no doubt. I just can't believe they said all that mean stuff about the Niners in that clip. Oh, no, they didn't? Oh, okay, weird. It's a really good Niners team. Boo! No, they're not. They're crap, and you know it. Defense sucks. Brock Purdy's a game manager. And their offense is as soggy as the field they're practicing on. Boo you, Mahomes, you liar.